Well, hello. Welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian who are pure of heart seek to find the light and banish the darkness of the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed with our new shiny grown-up eyes. Today, we're talking about a legend, a movie selection from 1986. Through the ages, the powers of good and evil have been at work amongst us. Through the passages of time, many have attempted to probe and distinguish between myth and fact. What is innocence? What is purity? What is corruption? What is evil? search for the answer. The confrontation between the forces has captured the imaginations of civilization's greatest philosophers, poets, and writers. Judge her with your heart, not your eyes. Now, through the cameras of one of the most innovative filmmakers of our generation, comes a motion picture to fire the spirit. To captivate the eye. I am darkness. Ridley Scott's legend. <laughs> really sums it up, I think. Mm. Uh, <laughs> is this a movie that you have seen, have watched, have feelings about? So I have never seen this movie before. Um, uh, excellent. I, I excellent. I, so I'm compl- coming in completely with fresh eyes. Um, yeah, I... Um, for whatever reason, I avoided it probably because I tend to like I enjoy fantasy, but I tend towards things fantasy that has like world building and like a, you know, a history rather than, let's say, fairy tale fantasy, okay. you know, where the entire world is created for this one story, you know, right. um, and then there's some that kind of run that line, you know, like never ending story. Or Dark Labyrinth. Crystal Labyrinth, where everything that appears in the universe exists only in this small bubble. Like, you can't imagine that there's a town nearby, right. you know? Um, and so I tend to, you know, like, I feel like this whole wave of, of mo- all this kind of started, again, from, like, the influence. And this stuff existed beforehand, but it's just like, now, what do we got on the shelves? Let's put that up. Like, when Star Wars came out, that you either had the sci-fi movies or the fantasy movies because there was so much fantasy in Star Wars, you know, and it became the big new thing. Um, and so, yeah, any 
st- you know, I, I think it was like the unicorns and then the the demon devil that ter- Tim Tim Curry plays that kind of like eh, but maybe I, maybe maybe I might not be into this. And, okay. and and I think when I saw the credits, um, when I saw it's like you know character names like Pox and Blunder and Billy Barty plays Screwball, it's like oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Um, and I agree. I think that you've already hit the nail on the head of a lot of what's wrong with this movie and why it doesn't work um i have seen this movie and i've seen it lots of times but i can never remember it like it doesn't Mm -hmm. stay in my brain and so i always am thinking like no I've, i've seen legend i've seen legend a bunch of times why can't i remember it and why don't i have any like feelings about it one way or the other because it's also insubstantial that it just floats away. It, this movie, in some ways, could have had like a rock opera soundtrack. Like this is oh. the kind of movie, and I don't. I, and, and maybe that would have been better. Maybe it wouldn't have been better. I don't know. But this is like a a a good a. Per, this is the kind of movie that is to where it's mm-hmm. it is kind of a trip. You know, a transcendental, you know, marijuana appreciated kind of like late night movie. Yeah. Uh, and then having said that, you know, it's like that's that's kind of like the adults who are making it and their grasp of fantasy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yet I feel like this movie is really the audience for this movie is really like coming of age young women who are starting mm-hmm. to have strange feelings, you know, who are, you know, cause they're in this movie. There's so much that is about also like love, sen- love but also like sensuality. Yeah. You know, like Tim Curry, uh, who's great in this, he is kind of turned on all the time. Oh yeah. You know, like he is, um, and, and, and it's not just about love for our main, uh, actress, you know, for Mia Sarah, who's great in this. She is. She's great. She's yes. gorgeous. She looks the part. She acts the part perfectly. She's putting in her work here. So it's not her and it's not Tim Curry. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's just the nature of the movie itself. It's you the know? plot. The yeah. plot of this movie is always getting distracted. It's like, we're going to do this and we get distracted by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is too easy. So they have to like keep getting side quested by it. Like if this was an improv scene, I would say stop adding plot. So this movie starts with a lot of crawl, a lot of words, a lot of reading, even though this book like should be based on a, even though this movie should be based on a book and isn't. Which is, I think, what we're saying is that it's not, it needs to be based in a world and it's not. Nothing makes any sense. We have to read a whole paragraph about how, in a time before time, the Lord of Darkness banished the light. And the light is the sounds of unicorns. And unicorns can only be found by pure souls. 
And then they tell us about Jack. It's like, what? What? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to read a novella? Well, I see. I'm okay. So a couple of things. So I'm I'm okay with a fairy tale. I'm okay with something that exists with a prophecy and a chosen one and a an A to B and and the whole universe is you know done. Like I I liked Never Ending Story. You know, um, but it's just that. And then also we've got to add into the conversation that this that this is not the cut that the director or the actors were happy with. Right. You know, this there was like there's an American cut, there's a European cut, and then there's a director's cut. You and know? the director's cut is like three hours long. Yeah, and so screw that noise. <laughs> so, yeah. No. Um Yeah. And so so it's hard to say like how much because it, it it really what is missing from this for me is is really an interest in one thing like i you know it it's just it's just so f- we're we're kind of jumping to clouds and mm-hmm. we're and it's these moment to moments are not substantial enough like we're way more concerned about goopy people in in ugly makeup than we are about what tom cruise's character wants what is difficult for him for his growth you know and why does he live in the forest and why doesn't he have any pants and Mm -hmm. how did he meet mia sarah and like i was i was really i don't mind i don't mind that lack of backstory like i'm okay with that i want to (laughs) know like i'm okay with with that we are in the moment with them and then we're we're just kind of thrust in the middle of things and we don't have much explained but once we're with them at that point i want to be into what they are into yeah like i want if if this is a quest for something magical i want to feel the quest i want to feel like we're part of the quest i want to care about it you know like i cared when the unicorn got her um you know horn chopped off oh i cared about that very much and i i really loved the whole like scenic painting i liked the beginning where we're in the forest and there's just all these creatures mm-hmm. around and she's dancing so around. much work so much work into like just watching this is like so much work and care went into every single shot this is really ridley scott's like music video roots you know um oh yeah showing oh, yeah. Uh, yeah like watching every shot it it it, it hurt me as, as with how much effort went into it and just and i can't imagine this movie was received well no. and this was coming was off of uh i think um blade runner which had also been panned and been a grueling horrible experience you know <laughs> And yet the result of that is amazing. And the result uh-huh. of this yes, is absolutely. confusing. Yes. Which it, by the way, we have to do Blade Runner. Like that should have been our movie oh, that was absolutely. paired with this. Yes. Um, <laughs> Although as we know, it is hard to talk about movies that you love. And and in this one I'm already like, but we skipped this and we skipped that. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I get that this is a movie that some people love. I but is it though? You don't hear a lot of people <laughs> I think, I think they love, in my opinion, I think they love moments. Tim Curry. 
I yeah, think people Tim love Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah. And 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 when it comes to t- like I you know, I'm a fan of what Tom Cruise does. As am you I. Know, he is so charming and none of that charm comes through in this movie. Because he has nothing to do. There's yeah, he- there's no and I, what I mean when I say this movie gets distracted is that, like, first he's like, I love you. Let's hang out in the meadow and let's just, like, you know, it's smooch city all day long. And then she's like, this ring is my wedding ring. I'm going to throw it in the lake. And he jumps in the lake. But then there's also unicorns. And so there's just too many things happening. And you never get the sense of, like, again, why does he live in the motherfucking forest? And why doesn't he have? Pants? <laughs> like, I don't mind that. Like, like I want to know: is he abandoned? Was he abandoned yeah. by his parents? That we see a woman who lives in the in the village, and she's like, "Oh, you need to be a proper lady, Mia Sarah." This but is, it, why? It's almost kind of an Adam and Eve story, like nature, and then only one woman and one man exist, you know. And, and then the, there's like the, and then there's the old lady, <laughs> yeah, who's like making bread and hanging laundry. Like, there's is are there any other humans? No, no, there aren't. But so, I would like it if she had like parents that if, like it would make more sense to me if her parents were like, you have to marry a prince. You can't marry this weirdo in the woods without pain. So what you feel was missing was more backstory. <laughs> no, not and not more backstory, more story story. Like, it's yeah. like if it turns out that he was truly a prince and he found this armor and the armor had come from the, the kingdom that was lost you know, when the darkness took over his family's kingdom and he was recovering his birthright. I mean, is that backstory or is that a plot? Right. Well, I, I, th- you know, we can, this is one of those, one, one of those movies to where we can intellectually criticize. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the people who love this movie don't care don't care it is an emotional experience it's some it's a, sort of like there's two camps there's the people who love tasseled hair and bubbles and synthesized flute and unicorns mm-hmm. and children with dubbed voices oh, and i'll tell you they probably don't listen to podcasts Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i i i i don't know um and then i know you're right i shouldn't assume yeah. If you're here, we love you, and this is a safe space. We see you. And Understand we are coming from a different point of view. Uh, well, I, but normally I love that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, the thing is, is that it's a spectrum, really, because there's stuff that you could lump in that maybe someone who is much more harsh with their opinion would lump in things like Willow or even Conan, you know, and that they're not into this kind of stuff, but I see the dividing line mm-hmm. personally between mm-hmm. just kind of like how the fantasy worlds themselves are created, you know? Yes. Well, and again, this not only is lacking, like if you want to call it a plot or, or backstory or whatever, it's also lacking like anything grounded in something that, that I can hold in my brain because Una the little fairy who is like a tiny little pinprick of light. So at some point, the, the here's what happens in the movie. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> Jack takes Mia Sarah to see the unicorns. And 
she thinks that she has somehow doomed them all by trying to touch one, but a goblin shot it in the ass with a dart uh, and stole its horn. So the goblins have a unicorn horn and the world is plunged into into ice, into permanent winter because pure innocence has been taken. This is yeah, what the this darkness is, this wants. Is the struggle of light and dark. And yeah. so with um and the darkness the yeah the darkness is, is Tim Curry over. wants to kill the other unicorns so that darkness can exist forever because there won't be any light left in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh along this journey, Tom Cruise's character meets a whole bunch of what are they? What are they, Nathan? Are they fairies? Are they trolls? Right. What are they? Uh, insert whatever. They're like little goblin. No, they're not People. goblins. Yeah, because the they're... goblins are bad. Right. They're these are like good. These goblins. are like dwarves. You know? Okay. Because they are like mostly either young people or little people in extensive character makeup. Yeah. These are some of the the best little people in show business in this. Like Billy Barty, and then the um, the uh, the Indian actor whose name escapes me, who's been in everything, everything. Um, and they are they want to help with the quest, but they're also reluctant to help in the quest, and they are like both brave and cowardly, as we love to see in this type of movie. Um, and the Gump is like a cherub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Gump. Um, played by the, I think, German, like the intense German actor who is in the tin drum. And he's got a little friend who is a tiny ball of light. Now, here's what I mean by, like, help me out here movie. (laughs) She appears to Tom Cruise and says, now we have a secret. I can be anyone you want. And it's like, well, wait. Yeah, yeah. She says, she says, even your hardest desire and but why is that a secret? No one else knew that she's a person. <laughs> I don't. I'm so lost. And it, and it's tough to say that if some of these things are a result of the re-editing of the movie, you know. Yes, because the movie is also very Shakespearean. Like when we, the best part I think is when uh, the darkness is like. His costuming is insane. So we only get to see tiny little bits and pieces of it here and there until the very end. Um, but hes they're like having this Shakespearean like, who this tender morsel be? How black is thine heart? Black is that blacker than pitch? Blacker than the foulest witch? Like, okay, mm-hmm. that's Ooh. the best part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that there are moments that are quite wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. like you could make a a a like a fan trailer of these moments and it's like oh my god you know um this movie looks amazing and but yet it's always the stringing along the the it kind of gets i feel like the 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 fantasy movies like this that get lost get lost in the forest you know yeah. they they get lost kind of obsessed around different um scenes and show pieces you know yeah, like the like the one where they're in they're crossing a bog and this big huge witch pops out which is like a really cool looking yeah and she is horny as hell too oh she wants 
she is yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah, she is a gilf. A yeah. goblin. <laughs> a goblin who is down to clown. Um, <laughs> but her part is over so quickly. But there's also so many of these little moments that just distract us from what do they want? How are they trying to get it? How are they doing it in a meaningful way? Um, and then the ending of the movie. Yes. I need to talk about that part in a lot of detail. I I need to talk about everything that happens once Mia Sarah is captured. So the so okay okay well I'll I'll come to the ending ending later and then we'll come scoot back. Yeah, then we'll scoot back um, because we can't miss anything. Um, We've missed so much. Oh, okay. So (laughs) let's assume that many people have not seen this. Okay, let's keep them up. Let's. Take us down the trail again. Okay. So the so Mia Sarah and the remaining unicorn, so she sort of thinks that this is her fault, that she's plunged the world into eternal darkness. So she wants to go save the mayor. So she does go find the unicorn mayor and of course the goblins immediately find her. So they have captured both Mia Sarah and the last remaining unicorn really easily just so easily it it seems like they could have done this anytime they wanted uh oh and there we missed a little part where the goblins are going to do a little bit of like a what would you call it like a mutiny Mm. against um against the The darkness darkness. because the the unicorn's horn works a little bit like a magic wand. Right. So then all of a sudden, t- Tim Curry has captured Mia Sarah, has the female unicorn, and because they fell in a pit, has Tom Cruise, Forrest Gump, Una the Little Fairy, and all of their companions in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're trapped in a dungeon. They have to get out. They it basically is the dungeon to the lair of the darkness. Who has this like torture chamber that we've seen we see several times in the movie are these big um it's almost like in Temple of Doom. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like they're wearing like leather loincloths and they're like just hitting people in the tummy with sticks and that's the torture. Mm-hmm. Um you just see in the background a guy laying on like a dais and it's like whack hit him in the tummy with a reed whack hit him in the tummy with a reed his like arms and legs bounce up into the air um and they seem very like stupid but angry mm-hmm. and so that's the torture chamber that they're in so i think we're all caught up yeah i feel like the like the perfect fantasy movie that is kind of in the same vein of this is the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. and in that you, it, it's like I'm all down for like a trippy, you know, early '80s, you know, late '70s style fantasy movie that is meant for adults, like you know that it, yeah. it is meant to get high on. I'm all up for something abstract like that, but. This just, it seems lost. And I, you know, I like the Wizard of Oz. Like you have to feel like you're on a journey. You know what the journey is. And at, at all the twists and turns that that you feel for the characters, you feel like the journey is slipping away. 
you know, it's like the Joseph Campbell thing of what they want is is just never quite you never kind of feel like you're in the passenger seat next to them. Right. So there's a big escape that's happening where the big quest is happening where like Gump and Jack and everybody are trying to escape. Una is like, I'll only let you out if you make out with me. Mm-hmm. So we know what she wants. Right. Uh, but he's like, nope, won't do it. She lets him out anyway. I And that's the part that, that I do remember. I was always being like, what was the deal with that fairy chick who like just really wanted one smoocheroo from Tom Cruise? Like, that's the part I remember and remember thinking, I can't wrap my brain around what was going on in that moment. Because she's like, you told my secret. What secret? You broke your promise. What promise? If he kisses her, will some magic be undone? I, I'm I'm very confused by all of that. Um, and meanwhile, Mia Sarah is being wooed mm-hmm. by Tim Curry, who we finally get to see in his full... Yeah, which, which is fantastic, you know, which is fantastic. He's got hooves. He's like eight feet tall. He's got abs for days. <laughs> He's, of course, half horse, half giant man uh, top. And he's got a huge facial prosthetic and horns that go straight up that are like three feet long it's why this movie should be a legend pun intended based only on his cost his character design oh yeah absolutely it is an iconic it's an iconic character and And he looks great in it yeah and 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 he's really in there he's not like it's not like some other weirdo in there and he's just doing a voiceover which they could have done it's Mm -hmm. tim curry in there I still feel like, like, and then also, you, I saw so many images and moments and clips of him. Yeah. So, so coming into this movie, that was one of the things I was expecting to, is to really watch him chew the scenery and 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 it being top shelf Tim Curry, and I felt like I only got like a like a like a B minus in terms of not in terms of what he did. But just of moments of scenery chewing moments for yeah. him. It he was... does a big speech where he's like, but it's it's very short and it only happens. Yeah, once. I like, wanted more. I wanted more. Agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Because even when he's wooing Mia Sarah, he woos her by not being there. He's like, here's a here's a table with some nice glassware. Are you interested in kitchen accessories? <laughs> <laughs> Let me woo you. With a mm-hmm. Macy's display table of things you can uh, register for for a wedding. Um, and then what gets her is the dance. Mm-hmm. There's a big, high-collared, a woman who looks like a chess piece, like, <laughs> would you say? Yeah. It, it, I, I, it, it, 
admittedly at this point i was checking imdb for m- trivia on the trivia movie. and facts and mm-hmm. i was folding laundry like a maniac but yeah. so this like w- this like crazy costume chess piece dancer who has no face is like dancing and dancing and swirling and twirling and finally mia sarah's like look i gotta dance okay i that's how you get me i gotta swirl and twirl i'm a dance dance fiend uh so as soon as she dances bada boop she is evil Mira, Mia Sarah, who is in this like, okay, so the back of this dress is like a Dorito. It's got like a neck piece that's like a complete triangle sticking out. <laughs> She's got her hair like plastered down to her face in these 1920s twirly whirly finger, finger curls. Black eyeshadow, of course. Black lipstick, of course, because that's what you wear when you're a goth oh, yeah. uh, queen. Uh-huh. And then... Another triangle in the front that's like a piece of clear plastic that's holding her boobs in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why is no one cosplaying this up and down Comic-Con? <laughs> it's like a great costume. Yeah. And she looks amazing in it. Uh, and he's trying to convince her to become evil. Mm-hmm. Come to the dark side. No, I won't. We've got all these cookies and the glassware and the dancing. No, I still don't want to. Are you sure? Well, you've convinced me I'm going to kill the unicorn. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Curry's like, oh, sweet. It worked. Excellent. She wants to kill the unicorn. Let's do this. Uh, they go to kill the unicorn. This is the only moment where you get this big speech where he's like, the light and the dark and it can't exist. And... um. We need a lot more dialogue from Tim Curry, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And we needed a lot more screen time with this character because, of course, at this moment, Jack is poised with a bow and arrow uh, hiding in the wings, which is like very Temple of Doom as well. And he's like, the gump is like, you've got to kill her. She's going to kill the unicorn. Right. It's about faith and trust now at this point, you yeah. know? Like he had vowed to you know, marry her and mm-hmm. to trust her. Well, and... that was before she had black lipstick on though. Correct. And now the question is, is has she gone evil? Does he still trust her? You know, word use, you know, follow his heart. Mm-hmm. And he know, and he knows he's, and he says, I trust you, Lily. And he, he doesn't shoot her. She of course frees the unicorn instead of, murdering it and tim curry is like damn it first pretty girl who waltzes my way and i get tricked he's really been burned um and then a fight ensues yeah now it's time for the darkness because at this point the darkness is pretty immobile like he's basically been in the whole the one room in the whole movie you know Mm -hmm. sitting down you know, standing, walking around, and now he's totally just hauling ass with a giant yeah. sword, which is fun to watch. A giant sword. And it but, is. Because, I mean, it's just so difficult. It must be so difficult to move in that makeup, in that costume. And, of course, Tom Cruise is just stumbling backwards. Uh, and the big trick, he's been disarmed. He's about to be killed. He grabs the unicorn horn out of what I thought was lava. There's a little puddle. Yes, yes. It's an orange puddle. 
The unicorn horn is slowly sinking well, I, in. I think he thought it might have been lava too. In some ways, it might have been a test, you know? Was he going to stick it... his hand into the lava? Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to give Ridley Scott credit and say that this was a. that we were meant to think that maybe it was lava, that it was basically a test and it, he, it, it was not him knowing something about the world and the, and how this fantasy universe works over us, you know? Okay. I definitely thought it was lava and I thought like, okay, yeah, too. he's got to stick his hand in and like possibly be burned to retrieve the unicorn skull, that skull. What right. is it? It's not the a unicorn, skull. The, the horn. The unicorn the horn. horn. Thank you. Oh my God. They have the whole skull in here. <laughs> it's the horn. Gross. Um, <laughs> It's really dead now. Um, uh, so he he finds it. He takes it. He stabs the darkness in the heart with it. And that saves the day. Yeah. Day and saved. So, yeah. And so the question is, and then and then we cut to, so at the beginning of the movie, she threw her ring into the pond, you know, into the into the lake. And declared that she would marry the man or marry the person who retrieved it. Right. And so he dives in after it. And now at the ending, having the darkness defeated, he, we now come to him swimming up out of that water with mm -hmm. the ring. Yeah. So was this all then basically a holodeck test? Was the entire? Oh, <laughs> so I was... hope so. <laughs> so what? And this reminds me almost of like, uh, of Blade Runner in some degrees mm. of like some of these same ideas of the unicorn and are in who is a replicant and things like that. Like, so the question is: is in this theatrical cut? And I do think that we need to in in our review put like legend parentheses theatrical cut. Okay. Because I'm wondering if some people love the, the director's, director's cut. cut because I think it, well, it's got, it's twice as long and it has a totally different soundtrack, you know? Yeah. And I've never seen the director's cut. So maybe it is no. a whole different experience. So I'll it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Like, honestly, like any version of Blade Runner is great. That's it's true. Just, it's just degrees of great, you know? I, yeah, and I like all the versions of Blade Runner. and yeah. But that's the thing is that yeah, I that... wanted to see all the versions of Blade Runner. I wanted to see <laughs> all the different ones. Uh -huh. With right. this, I, like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't go if you were like, we're going to show the three-hour legend. I'd be like, cool, I have something to do at that day. At yeah, it, it's kind of like there's like the, you know, there's there's the been like the director's cut of like, you know, Batman versus Superman or the director's cut of which like, I watched. Yeah, which I watched as well, which is four hours long. Much better, but mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean I'm that I love that movie now, you know. No, no, I do not. I still I, do I, not. I feel like if you are I feel like the people who love legend love either version of to course. a degree. Of course. Know? So here here's the really tough question is, you know. How do you rate this movie on a scale of yeah. one unicorn skull to ten unicorn skulls? The whole skull. Uh-huh. How do you rate Yeah, it's legend? so hard because I, I feel myself reserving total judgment because of 
that no one was happy with this cut. You know, there's like a movie, yeah. you know, and, and I doubt I don't think it's as severe, but, you know, there's some movies where it's like there's a movie that I love. Like, so Hayao Miyazaki, the Japanese animator, is, is one of my love. favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite filmmakers did Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, you know. Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Um, so his first movie first came to America. Um, uh, and it was completely re-edited and butchered. It, so this is this is Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, like mm-hmm. a, a great adventure story with like darkness and and heartbreak and things like that. Um, but it was it came to America as um, Warriors of the Wind, and they just re-edited everything and had the worst voiceover, and it was light years away from from what the actual movie is so there's part of me that that wants to give legend the benefit of the doubt you know like watching it watching it maybe i my experience was a three okay but and i want to give it a four wow i think that's your lowest ever except for young guns i yeah i think so like i i i have a hard time rating movies too low because i know how hard it is to make movies that's true and this movie there was a it was not a lack of effort on anyone's part exactly like they put in the work um and and this is also me also like acknowledging that people do love this movie okay so yeah i think i'm gonna end up at a four okay um yeah how about you I'm going to go slightly higher. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it five unicorn skulls because mm. I think it's teetering on the edge. Like I'm imagining my unicorn skull is like balancing and teetering right on the edge of the very, very middle. And it either wants to like slide into greatness or slide into obscurity. And it's just it can't decide one way or the other. And I and any little thing could tip it one way or the other. The mood that you're in when you watch it could tip it one way or the other. Um, the the version, I think, of course, could tip it one way or the other. So I'm going to give it a solid five right in the middle and say, I think it had all the ingredients. It just needed less time in the oven. Uh-huh. It was a little overbaked. <laughs> um <laughs> And so was that your deep cut recommendation, the Miyazaki movie? Um, yeah, I would say either Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind or like if like there's part of me that wants to like, like if you're looking to if you had a bad time, <laughs> uh, like a palate cleanser like Conan, you know, like something that like tax in the other direction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Nausicaa. Um, I which think that's is, great, and it's like yeah. really, it is truly a deep cut. Sometimes our cuts are not that deep. <laughs> no one's, a great, no one's yeah. really deep cut. It has a, a female protagonist. You know, basically the entire world has this is a post-apocalyptic world. You know, that's basically fantasy, but like the whole world has been kind of destroyed by not only um, war but also by disease and poison you know like everything is you know it's like they live in this small little valley that's protected because of the wind but most of the world is just covered in poisonous jungle yikes um and so 
it's kind of it's not only you know like i in some ways it kind of reminded me of the portrayal of how they had ray in the force awakens is kind of this Mm -hmm. the the um you know a scavenger Mm -hmm. you know um uh, who then has to kind of rise up to stop two warring factions you know yeah yeah um so yeah i i i recommend it wholeheartedly excellent um I'm going to recommend a real world experience and say that this whole movie made me want to do a paint by number. <laughs> like when I was, cause they're always unicorns, oh, yeah. you know, they're mm-hmm. always like two unicorns dappled with light scampering in a field, which by the way, the unicorns in this movie were both boys, I think. And <laughs> the sound of them scampering was whale sound. Yeah. It, uh, I've seen better. Yeah, in my my ultimate top tier tier list of unicorns depicted <laughs> in cinema, these w- would not be in the top five. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, get a paint by number and just like get into that zen place where you're just like living in that moment, dappling the sunlight on your own personal unicorn, um, and like have that stress relieving moment because you need it after you watch legend (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh mr blackwell again we barely scratched the surface of all that is legend (laughs) (laughs) where can people find uh find you and watch your movies uh well you can stay up to date with um uh with my very rarely um uh updated website on squishy studios um we're gonna have a lot more information as we finish up the the, we're basically uh, finishing up the the feature film that i've been working on through the pandemic uh the last movie ever made and we're submitting it to film festivals now yay um so those those film festivals should be um, if we get into them uh, in the spring and then after that um, throughout the year. Cool. Um, so information on that will be on Squishy Studios. But if you really want to follow that project specifically, um, we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. And, and that's where we usually we're going to be posting, you know, uh, images and, and video and, and news on on where it's playing. Cool. Uh, can't wait for that. So definitely check that out. Um, and you can find me at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater in downtown Mesa, Arizona, or online at Most Excellent Chrissy. You can follow the pod on most at on Instagram at Most Excellent Pod. Uh, there's a Facebook group, Most Excellent Pod, as well. Um, and hey, you know, if you feel like moved to complete the quest, like, rate, review, thumbs up, star, or even become a member at true story fm which is uh where you will get bonus content for every episode you get every episode a week early and i will personally send you mail in the u.s mail with like stickers and keychains and swag and like all sorts of fun stuff so become a member at true story fm um and in addition to all that remember when you're out there in the world chasing unicorns and diving for rings Please keep the most excellent podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and party Party on, on, dudes. dudes.